What is up, guys? Welcome back to episode two of Culture Buzz. I am your host, Peyton Warren, founder and owner of Quarterback Culture. On this podcast, we strictly talk about what's going on in the football world, from high school football all the way up to the NFL level. Today's episode, we are strictly talking about college football. We're going to break down the top four teams in our eyes. We're going to predict the conference champions, predict the playoffs, talk about the Heisman favorites going into next season, touch on Les Miles out of Kansas. It's going to be a great episode. I'm very excited about it. College football, I feel like there's so much going on at all times. You can talk about it for hours and days, so this is going to be one of the longer episodes. Our special guest, Landon Tangwall. We are going to separate that part of this episode into its own episode, so that will be episode three of Culture Buzz, and that is coming out later this week. Before we jump into today's episode, I just want to touch on quarterback culture as a whole and what we are up to, what are we doing training-wise. So end of February, I went down to South Carolina, North Carolina, and trained um, lots of good talent down there, high school level, youth level. It was, it was nice seeing not. It was good seeing different skill level, because we're in the DMV area, and there's great talent in the DMV area. So it was nice to go down, see what down south had, and it had equally as good talent down there. Lots of gunslingers down there. Lots of good quarterbacks down there. Different type. <laughs> Different type of culture. Didn't mean to say it like that, but it is. It is like a different type of culture down there, how they are about football. Um, Maryland, I feel like where quarterback culture is based out of is Maryland. I feel like down there is more football. Up here in Maryland, you know, we have lacrosse. I'd say lacrosse is bigger than football. But it was it was good. It was a it was a nice trip. Good talent. Looking to go back down there here soon in April. Go back down there, get some more training with those guys. Up here, up here, high school guys, more and more high school guys are coming in, which is awesome. We love the high school guys. We love the youth guys, too. Lots of good youth guys coming around. High school guys, we're getting more. Gearing them up for their season. Um, Public schools are starting their season. Private schools are planning on, like, normal normal season so prepping those guys up can't wait to see what our guys do in the high school level this upcoming season spring or fall happy to see those guys succeed do well go out there and ball out so let's jump in to this episode gonna break down the top four teams and in our eyes in the culture's eyes starting off with alabama touch on alabama's national championship season they went 15 and 0 ran through everyone Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith had Mac Jones at quarterback, Najee Harris at running back. They're losing seven key offensive starters, including Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. Then they're losing a good chunk of their offensive line, which had some good pieces there. I think, I just think they reload. Uh, Alabama's known for just reloading. They've they're losing all those guys, but they're just replacing them with even same talent level as those guys, most of them. I think they don't 
slow down. I think they are just keep on going. I don't think they'll have a bat down year. I don't think we'll see any slope going down with Alabama. They are losing four defensive starters. They're losing their offensive coordinator as well. Steve Starkeesian took a job at Texas as head coach, so we'll see what he does over in the Big 12 with Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma as their top competitor. But on the defensive side, let's go back to the defense side for Alabama. They're returning eight key defenders. So I think this upcoming year, this upcoming season for Alabama, they're going to be very defensive heavy. They're going to be an Alabama team like in the past that's heavy on defense more than they are on offense. I think this year they have the chance to be better than the 2016 Alabama defense that we saw that almost all of those guys went round one. All of them are almost on the pro still, I think. But that was one of the greatest Alabama defenses we saw under Nick Saban and in all time in college football, in my opinion. Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator. We're going to touch on that here in a minute. The D.C. defense coordinator for Alabama is also returning. So at least they have one of their coordinators returning. We usually don't really see that from Alabama as much. We usually see guy come in for a couple like a season or two. Starkeesian was there for a little bit. He took over once Lane Kiffin left, went to F Florida Atlantic, and then we saw Lane Kiffin go to Ole Miss. But D.C. is returning, so I also think that's a plus for Alabama's defense. I think – let's all right, so now let's go back to the Bill O'Brien hire. I think Bill O'Brien will succeed in college. I think – what he did in the NFL will not show in in college football. I think they're just going to be as dominant as they were with Steve Sarkeesian. I do want to see how Nick Saban and Bill O'Brien, I want to see how their relationship is. I want to see how they are on the field. Do we see Nick Saban flip out? We most likely will, like he always does on all of his coordinators. But I want to see how that relationship is. Um. They're only returning three offensive players, key offensive players from last year, which they're just going to replace with backups. Um, Their wide receiver, Michi, he's returning. He made some big plays in the season. His name got brought up quite a bit. He was kind of in the shadow of Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, but he did make some plays on the offensive end down the stretch of the season. Like we went over, defense going to be be pretty solid. Let's go to the quarterback situation. Bryce Young is taking over Mac Jones' spot. We didn't really see much of Bryce Young last year. Saw him get in a little against when there was just trash time, when they were blowing people out. I think Bryce Young... It was good for him, you know, take a year, learn, learn the offense, you know, be under Mac Jones, who's been there for years. Mac Jones finally got his turn, made the most of it, you know. Some people say he should have won the Heisman. Someone's got a throw to Devontae Smith, and that was him. So Mac Jones was my pick to win the Heisman, but 
I'm not a voter. I think Bryce Young does, you know, do well. I don't think there's any question question marks there for Bryce Young. I think he's going to be another. I think Bryce Young has the potential to be a Tua and a mixture of Jalen a little bit. I think he'll be able to run like Jalen, but I think he'll be able to also throw like Tua. I think he's a little bit a mixture of them, but we'll see. We haven't seen him start a full game, play a full game, so we'll see how this season goes for Bryce Young. But I do think it is going to be a good season for that guy right there. Another question mark I had for Alabama on the offensive end is who is taking over for Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle? Now, you're probably like just one of their five-star backups that they have, but I do want to see one of the younger guys are they going to be dominant? Are they going to take over that role for that offense? So it'll be pretty cool to see what they do on the offensive end. Like we said before, the defensive end, not too much to say. They're going to be pretty solid. Key games for Alabama this season. A couple of them I, I wouldn't consider key games. Um, they open up the season with Miami. We will have to see what Miami is like. That Miami, I would say, had a had a pretty solid year last year. Um, nothing too crazy, nothing, nothing along those lines. They they were pretty solid. I'd say if they can be consistent on that level, they'll get respected more. Um, Florida is considered a good game, so we'll see how that game is. I think Florida is my pick to be on a downfall this year. The biggest drop off from last year's one of last year's top teams florida is losing a lot a lot of key players kyle trask kyle pitts just to name two of them those were two key guys on that offense um so i think they are on the downfall texas a&m we'll see how they are also we'll see how that new team is with kellen mon leaving lsu lsu same thing like are we going to see an upgraded version from last year? We we saw what happened last year. But to give LSU some credit, they had a ton of guys opt out. All right? Art Gilbert, top recruit coming in the last year, he transferred out of LSU, so they're down another one. So So we have to see what LSU is like next year. Auburn, Auburn, I think – can you know scare Alabama a little bit but I think Alabama wins and in all those key games quote-unquote key games I think Alabama wins all of them by a good amount of points I do think Auburn gives them the best fight just because that's always at the end of the year last week of the year so I do think that if Auburn stays healthy with their new coach coming in they figure things out. They could shock a lot of people, in my opinion. I think they can, you know, sometimes they always beat, not beat, they, they stun Alabama a little bit, give them a good fight. But for the majority of the part, Alabama always wins that. So that's for Alabama. Let's jump over to the number two team on our list is the Clemson Tigers. Clemson, good amount to talk about. So they have 10 returning starters on the defensive side, which is crazy to me. Would have been 11, but as of last week, their cornerback, number one, 
Darian Kendrick entered the transfer portal. A lot of Clemson fans were, you know, they weren't too bummed out about that because we saw what happened to him last year sometimes. He would, especially in that Ohio State game, got torched by Chris Olave from the opening snap to the last snap. So I think Clemson fans are kind of excited about that. Um, that defensive line, that young defensive line is returning with Miles Murphy, Brian Breezy. I think those two guys are going to have a monster year again. They had monster years, monster year at true freshman as true freshmen. Um, a big, a big plus for that Clemson defense is James Skowski returning. He will be a six-year veteran for the Clemson Tigers. He's in the six-year club, as Debo Sweeney says. If you watch Clemson football from last year, you watch the games that James Skowski played in, you saw the defense click. You saw it click. You saw the stunts, the blitzes get through. You, you just saw it was a complete defense. When you saw him out, it looked like they were a whole different defense. He James Skowski is the leader of that defense, and if he wasn't in, then it just kind of all fell apart. If you look in the Notre Dame game, the first time they played in the regular season, Clemson as a whole had, I think, 11 starters out, offense and defense, and James Skowski was one of them on the defensive end. You, If you watch that game back, Clemson did not get pressure at all. Now let's jump to the ACC championship game against Notre Dame. James Skowski played. You know, Clemson was at full strength, and we saw what happened there. K.J. Henry is another one returning for the Clemson defensive line as an edge rusher. He is going to be good. He injured himself in the semifinal game, so no update on that. I think he'll be all good to go come opening week. Let's go to the offensive side for Clemson. I want to start out with a huge plus. Justin Ross is returning. He got cleared to play, I think, a couple months ago. I want to say two months ago, kind of after the season, a little bit into the offseason. Doctors cleared him. He had a spine injury. He had that since he was born, and it came back his junior year because he is going to be – or going into his junior year, came back, didn't know if he was going to play, but he got the he got the – Green light to play this year. And Dabo Sweeney came out and said Justin Ross will be playing slot. So I think that will be also a plus for Clemson's offense. Offense, Having him in the slot, a bigger receiver, fast, most dominant receiver in that wide receiver room, in my opinion. I think he kind of gotten forgot. He kind of, excuse me, he got forgotten a little bit just because he took that year off. With that injury, so I think people are kind of forgetting about him. But as a true freshman, towards the end of that year, that Trevor Lawrence fifteen and zero year, um, beat Bama forty four sixteen. He was dominant. Him, T. Higgins, they were dominant together. And I think Justin Ross will do the exact same thing. I think he'll be the number one wide receiver. I think he'll dominate. I think at the slot, it will be a lot of mismatches for opposing defenses. For them, so that's good. Um, Frank Latson, Joseph Nada, 
those guys are all returning from last year from injuries. Those guys are also wide receivers. We saw what Frank Ladson did and Joseph Nada as true freshmen also. They were injured their sophomore season, so it will be good. It will be nice to see what the Clemson offense does with you know, a healthy wide receiver room. Big question is, I wouldn't say big question, um, DJ taking over Trevor's quarterback spot. Um, I think we all saw what DJ is capable of. Um, we saw what he did against Boston College when Trevor was out. We saw what he did against Notre Dame when he was out. Both games threw for over 400 yards. I mean, there's. I don't think there's a big question mark there. I think he has the potential to be the top, one of the top quarterbacks to ever come through Clemson. Debo Sweeney came out and said a little bit ago that he made Trevor Lawrence look normal in practice. So that just is a big sign about how DJ is as a quarterback. I mean, we all saw it. We all saw how he was. I think this is a big breakout year. I think he finally takes over. I think he's the next big quarterback in college football. Um, A lot of Clemson fans, boosters, people close to the Clemson football team saying that DJ is going to break Deshaun Watson's single-season passing record, which is over 4,100 yards. Now, I would say watching DJ and Trevor – I think DJ is a more he's more more of a deep ball guy. It's hard to explain. I think his arm strength is more than Trevor's. I think he just he's thicker than Trevor weight-wise, bigger. He's fast at his size. So I think DJ proves himself, you know. He's his own quarterback. He's different from Trevor. They're two different types of play styles. I mean, I do think DJ has the stronger arm in those two. So I do think DJ does have a good breakout breakout year by just taking over as quarterback one, starting all season long. Hopefully he stays healthy. Um, Lynn J. Dixon, the backup running back last year behind Travis Etienne, he's going to take over the running back one role. We'll see how he does. He showed some good signs in the games that he did get in when Travis needed a breather or they were up by a lot, and he came in. So I think, I think Lin J. Dixon, you know, is solid. I don't think he's going to live up to Travis Etienne. I, I think that's hard to do, but I do think that, you know, they'll, they'll be solid. They'll they'll be another solid Clemson team. Um, now let's go to their key games. It's kind of kind of hard to pick the key games. Obviously, opening week against Georgia and Charlotte, that will be an amazing game. I think that has a lot to ride on both Clemson and Georgia season this year. Winner of that, I feel like winner of that kind of punches. If Clemson wins that game, they punch their ticket into the playoff. I know it's week one, but let's go over the other quote-unquote key games. Louisville, Syracuse, and Boston College. I picked Louisville, Syracuse, and Boston College only because we see once a year Clemson kind of get punched in the mouth by a team. Last year it was Boston College. We saw Boston College give them a run for their money. I think Louisville, Louisville made great strides last year. I think that they're going to be, you know, middle of the pack team in the ACC. Syracuse always, it doesn't matter if Syracuse 
is a top team, a below team in the ACC. They every once in a while they always seem to give Clemson a run for their money, and then, like I said, BC. I think BC returns. I think BC is another middle of the pack team. I, I like what they have going on over there. I think they'll be you know a solid team, middle of the pack, middle of the pack team in the ACC. So just breakdown over Clemson. Um, eight returners on the offensive side, 12 total returners on the defense side, guys that filled in for those injured guys last year um, coming back. So I think they'll obviously be another solid Clemson team. Let's jump into Oklahoma, number three on our list. Oklahoma is interesting. We saw last year, in the beginning of the year, they had a slow start with Spencer Rattler in his sophomore year, you know, taking over QB1. So it's it, it was weird to see. We saw them lose to K-State. We saw Spencer play a terrible Texas game. But then kind of after midseason, right before midseason, we just saw Oklahoma catch on fire. We just saw Spencer Rattler take over, show that he is capable of being a quarterback one, being a Heisman favorite, you know, being labeled as one of the top quarterbacks in, in the country. Spencer's stats, 2020 stats, he threw for 3,091 yards, 28 passing touchdowns, seven interceptions in 12 games last year. I think he's going to have a even bigger breakout year this year. I think he is top one of the top three quarterbacks going into next year I think he proves it you know I don't think we see any of those slumps that he had in the beginning of last year um Oklahoma's key games in my opinion uh Nebraska you know I think Nebraska could shock some people but it's still up for debate I don't think so but you never know Baylor I think they you know come back I think they're a solid team. Texas, obviously. Texas is always um, a good game to watch with Oklahoma. You never know who's going to win that one. Kansas State. I'm going to come back to Kansas State in a minute. And Iowa State. Iowa State, I think, is going to be one of the – like we saw last year, one of the stronger teams in the Big 12. I think they're going to do great. I think we're going to see the exact same thing as we did last year. Hopefully they make that next stride to get over Oklahoma. Let's go back to Kansas State. Like I said, Kansas State has beaten Oklahoma two straight years. First being with Jalen Hurts as quarterback and last year with Spencer Rattler. So do they, does Oklahoma end that two-year drought of beating Kansas State? Because Kansas State always shows up to play Oklahoma, but it looks like Oklahoma doesn't show up to play Kansas State. So it'll be it'll be nice to see, you know, can Oklahoma get over that hump? I know it's just Kansas State, but you got to win these games in college football to make the playoff now. Four-team playoff, you know. You lose one to a team that's not well-respected in the playoff committee, and you're kind of looking – you're on the outside looking in. Let's go over – oh, one other note. Oklahoma finished on an eight-game win streak last year, and that's including their bowl game against – Florida so that's another thing to look out for that's why I think they're going to be one of the hottest teams going into next year returning a good amount of guys Lincoln Riley Spencer Rattler uh, not too much to say over there um let's go to their recruiting class a little bit they were the top big 12 recruiting class 
in the Big 12. Um, number five in the country. Let's touch on Caleb Williams for for a minute here. He was the n- number one quarterback in this class coming in. Does he compete for Spencer Rattler's number one spot? I think, you know, he – it's hard to – I don't know. Because I think what Spencer showed towards the end of last year that he solidified himself as QB1. But Caleb Williams also can come in and outwork him. You never know with that. I do think we will see Caleb Williams in in game this year, this upcoming season. Um, Not too much to say about Oklahoma other than what we went over. And then let's jump into the fourth and final team. It is Ohio State University. Um. We don't have too much to go over with Ohio State here. Uh, C.J. Stroud coming in as quarterback one, um, taking over the reins of QB1 after Justin Fields just declared for the draft. Um, They have a lot, a lot of key players returning offense and defense. Chris Olave being one of the bigger ones on the offensive side. They had the number two recruiting class this past year, only behind Alabama. So I think, you know, those guys coming in, make an impact. We see last year's true freshmen come in, make an impact. I think Ohio State's going to be a very strong team. But I do think, which we'll get into in a minute when we're predicting conference champions, what I think will happen with Ohio State. Um, Just go over their key games real quick. Oregon, Penn State, Michigan, Minnesota, and Indiana. Um, they open up with Minnesota. I only say that's a key game because we'll see how Minnesota is. Um, do they have a bounce back year, 2019 year like they had? Or do they just kind of be an average team? I only say that because we will also see how Ohio State is with this new new quarterback, you know, losing Trey Sermon at running back. Let's see how the chemistry is with C.J. Stroud, Chris Olave, all that. See how the defense is. But I do think they'll still be a well-rounded, solid team. Uh, Oregon Week 2, I think that's a big game because it will still be early in the season for both teams. See how Oregon is. You know, Oregon was kind of one of the less talked-about teams last year. I think they kind of finished the season hot being USC in the Pac-12 championship. Um, Michigan, always a big game. See if Harbaugh can beat Ryan Day. I doubt it. I don't think... I don't think Michigan beats Ohio State until they get rid of Harbaugh. Um, Indiana, see how Indiana is, just like Minnesota, kind of. Let's see if they still are one of those top teams or were they a one-hit wonder. Um, do you think they drop out of those all of those games? If I had to put money on which team I think they lose to, it would have to be... I want to go with Penn State. Penn State only because last year Penn State, let's look at this Penn State team. In their wide receiver room, they had one guy returning with 10 or more catches. One guy, just one. So that's huge. All right, Penn State, I think once they lost to that heartbreaking fashion to Indiana, I think it kind of took a downhill All right, for them. you know They were a very young team. I do think that Penn State upgrades. I do think they get back on track, and I do think they compete. 
Um, Oregon could shock them. Indiana could shock them. Minnesota, we never know. We just got to see how how all these teams are and see how Ohio State is as well. So now we're going to jump into the conference champions, predicting, predicting the conference champions here. We're going to do Power 5 and then the American Power 6. I do consider the American a Power 6. Um, I think American is a slept-on conference a little bit here. We're going to jump into that here in a second. But if you haven't already, go follow our Instagram, underscore QB Culture. Go follow our Twitter, at Quarterback Culture. And then if you're on Facebook, go follow us on there, at Quarterback Culture. So let's jump right into predicting the conference champions from each of the six conferences, ACC, SEC, Big 12, Pac-12, Big 10, and the American Conference. Starting off with the ACC, I think it's easy. I think Clemson wins. I think they go undefeated. I do think they will beat Georgia in a good game. I don't think it'll be one of those blowout games. I do think it will be a close game. But I do think Clemson is just going to kind of take over towards the end of the game and and win, but I do think that'll be one of the games to watch throughout the through going into next season. I think that has a lot riding on Georgia season more than it does Clemson because if Clemson loses that game, it's not oh they're out of the playoff. It's not like they're losing to a non-top powerhouse team. You know what I mean? It's they're losing to a, one of the top ranked teams. They'll most likely win out, finish twelve and one third or fourth seed, depending on how the season goes. But if they win that game, they'll go 13-0, win the conference championship. SEC, I think it's kind of easy, too. I think Alabama wins, but we will see about that one. Um, In the Big 12, I do have Oklahoma winning. I do have Oklahoma losing one game in the regular season. We will see who that is, too. But I do think Oklahoma slips up. Is it to Kansas State? Is it to Iowa State? Um, we got to find out. We got to wait. I do think they drop a game. Um, in the Pac-12, I do think it's Oregon. I do think they drop two games though in the regular season. Um, one being Ohio State. I predict Ohio State to win. And I do think they drop one of their Pac-12 games. But I do think they finish the season winning the Pac-12 with two losses. Um, Big Ten. Ohio State, I think that's kind of easy, too. I don't think much up for discussion. I do think, like I said earlier, I do think they drop one game in the regular season. Could be early in the season. Could just be uh, other team shows up, plays better than them. I But I do think that they drop a game. And in the American, I think Cincinnati wins back-to-back. I think they reload. I think they'll do great again with the returners that they have. So I think Cincinnati will win the American Conference. So those are our conference champions. And that kind of leads into our playoff predictions. And I think you guys kind of know where we're going with this with our top four. Um, Starting off with number one, I think it's Alabama. I don't think Clemson will take – if Clemson goes undefeated, I just think Bama, more strength of schedule. They take number one. Clemson, number two, Oklahoma, number three, and Ohio State, number four. I do think that is going to be the top four teams. It's kind of going to be the same, you know. Didn't see the usual Alabama, Oklahoma, 
Clemson, you know, past two years we saw we saw a couple of different teams in there, Notre Dame, um, LSU. So it will be it will be nice to see how how those teams do because that'll be a loaded playoff. I do think Bama, the Bama Ohio State rematch, if it finishes the way I'm predicting it, do think Bama wins that one. Um, Oklahoma Clemson, I think that'll be one of the better semifinal games that we see. Do you think two loaded offenses offenses with, you know, Spencer going up against DJ? I do think that'll be a great game. I think it has potential to be close to the Georgia-Oklahoma game that we saw in the Rose Bowl a couple years ago. I do think there won't be another bowl game, playoff game as good as that Georgia-Oklahoma game that we saw. That was one of the all-time classic games that we saw, all-time classics. That was a great game to watch. I loved watching that game. But I do think that's how the playoff will shape up. Now let's kind of go from the first two out on. Um, I do think Georgia finishes at that five spot. So I have Georgia losing to Clemson, and I also have them losing in the SEC championship to Alabama. Um, I think they dropped those two. JT Daniels, we didn't kind of touch on Georgia a little bit because we only did the top four teams that were predicting in the playoffs. But JT Daniels is another quarterback to look out for. I think if he was able to play for Georgia in the beginning of last year, I think they would have done great. I think, you know, you never know in college football. You can't really predict if JT Daniels playing against Alabama, they would have won. They would have won. But we saw what JT Daniels did. I think JT Daniels, George Pickens, I think that's a great duo. I think that's one of the top duos, wide receiver, quarterback combos that we see this year. I think they're going to do great. Um, feels like George Pickens has been in college football forever. He's going into his um, junior year, so he can declare after this year. You know, he's been doing big things since his true freshman year, so it kind of feels like he's been here for a while. But after this year, he can declare. JT Daniels is another top quarterback to look out for this year. Ended the year off hot last year, so I think they do. I think they do great again. At six, I have Oregon. Oregon, like I said, I think they dropped two. One being Ohio State game, two being a Pac-12 game. Their quarterback from last year transferred transferred out, so I think the quarterback that we see that they got from Boston College last year, I think he does good. I think they do great. Um, we kind of saw what he did when he got in and got a chance to play. Their offense clicked more. They look solid, but, you know, two losses. We haven't seen a two-loss team get in the playoff. I don't think we ever will. Um, I want to hear your guys' feedback on that. So in episode one, first episode, you know, I'd like to, you know, interact with you guys more. Um, I enjoy doing these things. So we can get more comments, you know, questions, your thoughts. Uh, we can – argue disagree agree it does not matter i'm here for it i love it i love talking about sports football in general hearing your guys opinions on certain things like i said you can disagree all day long we can go back and forth i love that stuff get more you know interaction with you guys um seven so notre dame going back out of the acc you know 
their normal schedule, playing Stanford, whatnot. I do think they finish at seven in that range. Um, five and six, Georgia at five, Oregon at six, I'm very confident about. Kind of seven on, seven through ten, you know, it's a toss-up. But I do think Notre Dame finishes in that range between seven and ten. Um, Ian Buckley being their all-time winningest quarterback at Notre Dame. Um, we'll just see how we'll just see how Notre Dame is. Um, I think they're just another team that does well just because based on schedule, you know, win ten games, win eleven games. But I do think they'll drop a couple. I think they'll go through some slumps throughout the season. Look out for USC this year. They are a team in the Pac-12 behind Oregon and also another team that we're going to touch on here towards the end of the episode. Go over a couple teams I think are going to be hot. Go over all that other kind of add-ons and stuff. But that's to the end. Let's get back into it. I think USC is another team to look out for. I think they finally, you know, we saw with Kendon Slovis last year, you know, he is another underrated quarterback, in my opinion. A lot of people, a lot of analysts, reporters are high on him. I'm high on him, too, as well. I think he's another one of those top quarterbacks going into next year. I think he does well. I think USC does well. I think they kind of showed a preview of what they're going to do this year from last year. Um, They obviously lost one game in their six-game schedule against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, but I do think that – USC does make that stride and, you know, kind of get back to the old ways, you know, with when they had Pete Carroll. Um, I'd love to see USC be, you know, a top team again. I'd love to see Texas be a top team again. We had that one year where Texas was so-called back. But they weren't really back. Um, so I do think USC does make strides. I think Texas – Touch on Texas a little bit since we brought them up. I do think they finish ranked. They don't finish ranked in the top 10, but I do think they finish ranked. Um, and then 10, it's that American Conference winner that we said earlier. Since he, my take on, you know, the power so-called six conference, American Conference, and just those teams that get overlooked, like Coastal Carolina, Liberty, Louisiana Monroe. Sorry, guys. The audio cut out in that last little couple seconds there where I was talking about Louisiana Monroe, the, you know, Power Six teams and all that. Um, So I was just talking for about like 10 minutes or so to myself, not realizing that it cut out. So left off, left off at Louisiana Monroe. I think it was, you know, them branching off those small quote-unquote smaller schools branching off making their own playoff stuff like that um i do like what the smaller d1 schools do i say smaller like the north dakota state teams the um jmu's of the world i I think those teams i like what they do with their playoff i like how they play i like their style of football i mean it's football I think it gets overlooked just because they're quote unquote one of the smaller schools, but they still produce top guys in the league. Um, Carson Wentz is probably the biggest one that comes to my mind with those smaller schools down there in Division One. Um, I, I think like NCA should 
I think the playoff committee should kind of look to expand and keep college football alive. I say alive just because in the next three years, do we see Bama, Clemson, Oklahoma, or Ohio State? One of those teams will always be in, at least one. Whether it's Clemson and the rest three, so on and so forth. I think that, you know, eight wouldn't be – I think eight's the biggest I'd go. Um, I mean, could go six just to give the first two out a shot, but then same thing is. If we do six, then seven and eight are left out. If we do eight, then nine and ten. So it just – people will never be happy with what they decide. So now let's jump in to the Heisman finalist. Heisman finalist, in my opinion, that I think are going to have a breakout year and be in the discussion come come voting time. Um, I think DJ from Clemson. I say DJ from Clemson just because I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I don't want to screw it up, but you guys know who I'm talking about. JT Daniels, quarterback from Georgia. I think Brees Hall, running back from Iowa State, has a monster year. I think Kenan Slovis from USC, quarterback. We touched on him a little bit earlier. I think he has a good year, too. Um, he showed good good strides last year in their shortened season. Um, Spencer Rattler, I do think, will be in that discussion too. Kind of dark horses that reporters came out and said. Sam Howe is one of them. I do not think Sam Howe lives. Not lives. I don't think he puts up the numbers, and I don't think North Carolina wins enough for him to be even in that topic. Um Bryce Young, just got to see. I We haven't seen a full game from him. We haven't seen a full season. So he could sneak his way in at the end of the season, but I do not think he is one of them. I do not have a clear-cut winner just because we haven't seen any college football from any of those guys yet. Um, So we'll have to just watch how the season unfolds with them and see how it goes with – those guys playing, I do think it'll be a fun year. I do think there will be a lot of – I think this year there will be a lot of upsets. Excuse me. I always think there's upsets. I mean, there will never go a college football season without an upset. I do think this year will be a great bounce-back year from COVID season. Um. It will just be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch a full season. SEC um, announced that they're going, they're planning on having full stadiums. So it will be nice just from a fan um, to watch full crowds. I think home field advantage is the biggest thing in college football. It's one, it's like no other. I've been to multiple college football games, Um, it's a great crowd, great atmosphere. And touch on fans being in stadiums and having a full stadium. So let's just bring up an example. Let's say like this year, um, trying to think of a team. Let, let's just say I can't – I don't know who out where Alabama and Auburn play at this year. Um, let me look it up real quick just so I'm right. So – it's not popping up, taking too much time. So let's say that Auburn's home. 
this year against Alabama, that full stadium may be the reason why Auburn wins, maybe the reason why Auburn is still in it by the fourth quarter. You never know. I just think home field advantage has a huge part in college football, and I think you guys can agree on that. I think that's pretty clear. Um, Let's say Ohio State has a full stadium against Oregon week two. I think that place is going to be rocking. I think, you know, Ohio State has more energy because they're in home field, but it could give, you know, a boost to that opposing team walking into that stadium, any stadium that they're the underdog. Um, I do think Oregon will open up as an underdog to Ohio State in week two, but give give those underdogs an edge walking in. They have thinking people thinking they have no shot in the world to win. And then they shock the world and they do win or they do play well. So I think this year there's a lot of good games to watch. Um Clemson or or excuse me, Clemson, Georgia. Um thing, you know, Alabama, Miami. We kind of touched on what I what we thought about Alabama and Miami. Um, Oregon, Ohio State, and there's a couple other key games. I know that for a fact, like kind of opening up the season. Um, oh, Penn State, Auburn. I think that's a that that's going to be a great game. I kind of forgot to touch on this a little bit. Another dark horse, and I think a lot of people disagree with this. I think Bonix has a great year. New head coach, I really do. Like, I do think they make that. I think Bo Nix personally makes that stride as a quarterback. We saw true freshman year, you know, he showed he was a true freshman. He wasn't consistent sophomore year. We were hoping that he would make those consistent improvements and be more consistent. But we kind of didn't see that. I think the junior year, his third year, all right, he has a lot to prove. I think he makes great strides. And don't be shocked. If Auburn, a huge hot take, a huge hot take. If Auburn plays well and they finish with two losses, all right, two losses, I think Bo Nix is a dark dark horse for the Heisman. That is a hot take. I, You guys will totally disagree with me that note that follow college football like that. Bo Nix is a dark horse for the Heisman if Auburn plays well, and I think Auburn will play well this season. I think they'll be a solid team. Um, another dark horse to touch on, dark team, team that people should look out for is in the Pac-12, Arizona State. Herm Edwards as um, head coach, um, Jaden Daniels. We saw what – I'm a huge fan of him. I think he has great mechanics. He has a great arm. Um Every time I think of him, I think of the, his true freshman year against Oregon, when he just, when he just freaking gashed him deep a bunch of times. But he is another quarterback that I'm very high on this year, and I think Arizona State shocks a lot of people. I I really think they do. I think they're a team to look out for that could, you know, you know, not make a push for the playoff, but kind of ruin teams' chances at the playoff in the Pac-12. Um, kind of touch on each conference's dark horse. Like I said, SEC, Auburn, in my opinion. I think Florida takes a big dip. I think LSU 
we'll see how they are. Texas A&M, we'll see how they are. ACC, see, it's just hard with the ACC. Um, we don't have Florida State as a powerhouse anymore. Um, North Carolina, I feel like, has kind of taken that Florida State role that we saw back in, like, 2013, early 2010s with, like, Jameis Winston, um, early DeAndre Francois, if any of you guys remember him. He had a good – Florida State had a decent year with him. Um, that's for the ACC. Big Ten, I think, could be Penn State only because I think they'll come back. I think they'll have a monster year. Monster year by big improvements. We saw what they dealt with last year being a young team. Um, Big 12, Iowa State, I don't think they're considered dark horse just because they made the title, the conference title game last year against Oklahoma. So if I had to pick maybe Baylor, um, one of those teams, middle of the pack teams that could upset a team, one of the top teams. Um, Pac-12 kind of touched on a little bit real quick. Um, Oregon, I think, wins the conference. Uh, Watch out for USC. Watch out for Arizona State. I just think – touch on the Pac-12 a little bit. I don't think we will see the Pac-12 in the playoff unless the team goes undefeated. We haven't seen a Pac-12 team in the – excuse me, playoff since the very first year with Oregon, Marks Mariota, his Heisman season. Losing to Ohio State and National Championship, Zeke. We know how that year went. Um, So I think just – I also think with the playoff since Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, they're like – they're stoned in the playoff, like history. So I think they kind of get an edge over, you know, like – Oregon, like teams like that, I think they get an edge just because they've been there countless years. Alabama and Clemson being the most ever um, in the playoff span. But, yeah, I think just they need to change – the playoff needs to change their committee. I think they need to change who is voting for teams to get in. I think stuff like that. I, I think it's a little shady what they got going on in some things over in the playoff committee, but we'll see. We will see how the playoff committee goes. Kind of touch on a couple more things here before we end episode two of culture buzz. I think that college football is one of the best times of year when it's on. Um, Just my opinion, my thoughts. I like college football more than NFL, and I kind of said it earlier, there's just so much to always talk about in college football, all right, because we have, in the NFL, all right, we just saw the Chiefs and Bucks. all right, I'd say in the middle of the season, early, early in the season last year in the NFL, Bucks, you know, Tom Brady, Gronk, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, that defense, they, you know, they were predicted, then they showed, eh, Went through some slumps, then they kicked in in the gear, made Super Bowl, dominated Chiefs. Chiefs, same thing. They were dominant. But, like, you can almost predict that the Chiefs and Bucks probably will be in the Final Four next year. We don't know how college football will be. We can guess. You can guess with anything. But at the same time, who is going to be 
is Cincinnati going to be that team that shocks the world again and finish in the top 10? Um, is Coastal going to have another great year? Liberty, teams like that. Like, you just never know. There's so much to always talk about. Heisman favorite coaches, coach getting fired, hired, um, players leaving, recruits, all that stuff. It's just so much fun to talk about. That's why this episode is a lot longer than last, last episode, just because there's always so much to talk about. And I feel like people, you know – watch it more than the NFL. Um, So I do think that college football is the bright spot in the football world. I do think a lot of, a lot of people like it more than the NFL just because it's, you know, the crowd, like I said before, it's more interesting. Um, So that's kind of it for episode two. I'm going to kind of end this episode off talking about the business culture, quarterback culture. Um, We do have, Quarterback culture shirts, the Culture Collection 2.0, long sleeve dry fit shirts with our logo on the front, the culture on the back. Um, those are nice. I have tons of them. They're comfortable. They're nice to wear. Um, they're great working out, um, throwing for quarterbacks, all that stuff. It doesn't, you know, get tight around you. Like if you're laying down. It's great material. feels great. Those are $20. Those are on our website. You can buy those. We also have short sleeve shirts in the Culture Collection 2.0. Those just have our logo on it. It's a fluorescent orange. It pops. It's neon orange. It looks great. Um, I love it. That's another great material. Short sleeve shirt for when it's hot out. Quarterbacks, you want to go out and throw. You have workouts for high school, practice, whatever. It's a great, great, great great shirt to wear so those are $20 each all sizes are available um you can message us on facebook instagram twitter if you're interested in buying one or you want to look can't find it we'll gladly send you a picture of them kind of touch on merchandise for the culture this summer just a little sneak peek for all the quarterbacks we are coming out with towels quarterback culture towels that you can wear during games shorts um I think for the summer collection, we are going to have a different style of shirt, different kind of um, art on it, you can say. I'm kind of ex- very excited about that. Um, so, yeah, kind of like what we said in the beginning, kind of touch on when we have guests on the show. That's going to be a complete different episode. I think you guys would enjoy that more. Let me know. Let me know because this episode three will be – um, just strictly me and just me talking or episode two, episode three will be with Landon Tangwall from Penn state, five-star recruit, um, talk about his journey kind of to Penn state. Um, you know, how his recruiting process, you know, all that stuff, ask a top recruit. Um, it will be fun. I think episode three will be great. I think it's going to be fun. I think you guys are going to enjoy it a lot. Um, that'll be a good, 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 good episode for all of us. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it hearing from, you know, guys that don't know how the recruiting process is. Well, you get to hear it firsthand from a recruit, a top rated recruit, what it's like, you know, all that good stuff. Um, if you guys have any questions for Landon, let us know. You can message us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and we will gladly ask them to Landon. So in the future, 
there will always most likely be two episodes a week. One talking about whatever that topic is, and then two being our special guests, just strictly talking to them. But let us let me know if you guys would want that. I think it will be a great, great, great couple episodes here in the future. Um, kind of touch on episode four, the main topic. We're gonna talk about high school sports throughout the country, what they're doing, you know, in Maryland, I know some teams are playing spring ball, a shortened spring ball. Um, I know some teams already played a shortened fall season back in 2020. They're gearing up for this upcoming 2021 fall season and just how kind of COVID affected everything across the country with all high school sports. I think it'll be fun to watch. I know a lot of seniors, a lot of people, I know a lot of seniors, you know, got their season cut short, um, not what they wanted going into their senior season, guys trying to get last-minute film. But it's – I've had fun with this podcast. I know it's been two episodes. Um, I hope you guys had a lot of fun listening to me talk. Um, I'm very excited, Fairy. I know I said it, said it multiple times. I'm very excited for – our special guest Landon for this episode and in the future we'll always have one each week or aim for one each week I will let you guys know um to get all the information for culture buzz podcast follow our Instagram and Twitter Instagram underscore quarterback culture Twitter at quarterback culture for all the information regarding special guests what we're going to talk about on each episode all the additional information um, if you're interested in signing up for quarterback training, all right, kind of getting for youth guys. I know, you know, it's only March season. Don't start till August, you know, but you start practicing. Got to get ready for that. Got to make sure you're all sharp for that. High school guys, same thing. I know most, I know majority of high school athletes are in spring football right now. But if you're not, get that training in, all right? Season's coming up. You don't want to be, you know, looking like one of those quarterbacks that didn't do anything all offseason, all right? Let's gear up. Let's get ready for this upcoming season. It's going to be a big season for all the high school guys coming up. And I can't wait to talk about high school football. That will be our next episode. Kind of said that earlier. Our next episode Thank you guys for watching and listening. Culture Buzz, episode two of College Football. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let us know what you thought. Um, if you disagreed with any of my hot takes, uh, takes at all in general, if you agreed, you know, just let us know how you feel. Let us know if you like it, what you want us to talk about. Um, ask our guest, ask me. So without being said, thank you guys. Stay safe. Have fun. Peace.